Okay, let's talk Panasonic. This morning, Panasonic made the official announcement for the S1 and the S1R. The Panasonic S1 is a 24 megapixel camera. The S1R is a 47 megapixel camera. And these are the first two cameras in the new L mount that Panasonic is actually going to be sharing with Leica and Sigma. And it's gonna be really exciting to see where this goes. Now, I want to say up front, I have been really excited about this camera for a number of months now. They made the announcement and I've been a huge fan of Panasonic with their Micro Four Thirds cameras and for them to move, move to a full frame mirrorless I think is very exciting and I have very high hopes for what they are going to produce. However, Panasonic has been doing a press event for the last few days in Barcelona. I was not invited to that particular event. My good friend Jaron Schneider, who I do the podcast with, is there right now and we actually spent the morning recording an entire hour about his experiences with this camera and how excited he is about it and I have to say I have a little bit of a mixed reaction because this was not quite ready for press at this point and so Jaron was telling me, for instance, the firmware is not final version. It's like 0.7. They're not even to 0.1 yet. So it's not quite ready. So in terms of images that you're going to see from this camera and the excitement from video capabilities and all that, we really don't know yet. It's kind of a big press announcement of the announcement last year, but this was official, I guess you could say. I'm still excited about the S1 and the S1R, but it's really hard to provide much of an opinion on these when no one has really seen images or whatever yet. I'm not going to read a specs list. It kind of is a drag to do videos like that. It's not really my thing. It's kind of boring, and there are plenty of other places that you can find that information. However, I will point you to our podcast that we did. I will put a link in the description. So we talked about this for an entire hour, and I essentially interviewed Jaron about this. He also has posted a video in his YouTube channel about it, so you can go check it out there. It has a lot of video footage in it, and the footage looks absolutely gorgeous. And so for no other reason than to just check that out, I highly recommend it. But Jaron is very funny. This is kind of his return to YouTube. He took a big long break and he's excited about it now. So it's a good video. Go check that out. But what I do want to do in this video is provide probably some more opinionated things about where I see this camera system, because I guess it's no big secret that there is like, there have been so many mirrorless full frame camera systems that have been announced in the last year. And I think there are even more coming this year. So what does all this mean? And how does Panasonic fit into this? Because they've been sitting in the micro four thirds space for quite some time now. And then also the high end camcorder video space. So what what does full frame mirrorless look for Panasonic? Let's break that down a little bit. So in the full frame mirrorless camera space, this is something that Sony has been dominating in for quite some time now. They've had a number of years where they've really been the only one in that space to build up to it. They have a pretty mature camera system that's doing some amazing things, particularly in the realm of autofocus right now. And they have a really decent lens selection that has built up around that. So it is a pretty reasonable choice for somebody who is a professional photographer who wants to get into a mirrorless system. That is probably the most developed of everything else. Now, during this whole time, Canon and Nikon have been in the DSLR space, and so this is their first foray into mirrorless. So we don't have complete systems that are really matured yet. We have some very decent cameras and some very interesting lenses. And this is where I think it starts to get interesting because now we have three major manufacturers in full-frame mirrorless, and here come Panasonic with two more cameras that are going to compete. And not only that, these two cameras are fairly expensive.
expensive. The S1 body only is just under $2,500 US and the S1R body only is $3,697. So they're sort of relative to the competition, but they're definitely on the higher end. This is something that's kind of interesting to see from Panasonic because their Micro Four Thirds systems have always been somewhat affordable, although they have dabbled kind of on the high end, but this is a new territory for them and it's a new system. So this is where I think it gets interesting and they're clearly targeted these cameras towards the professional market, which is difficult to do when you're a new system and there are really only three lenses at launch that are native to this system. One thing though that Panasonic has going for them, and I think this was the brilliant move in the midst of all this, is this partnership with Leica and Sigma over the L mount. Now this is a mount that appeared first on the Leica SL a couple years ago. I did a review on the Leica SL last year and I actually really liked that camera. It's a really heavy camera, but it has a very decent lens selection and those lenses are really expensive. However, the optics are incredible. If you're going to cater a professional level mirrorless camera in terms of features, it's one thing to do bodies because you can always put more features, you can do a new body, you can re-release things, you can perfect those over time. Lenses need to kind of have a little more longevity to them for the most part because you're looking at having multiple lenses across the system that will appeal to a wide range of photographers. Now, Sony took them a long time to develop their lens system. In fact, they used to get a lot of crap for it because it was like Sony's a great option, but there's just no lenses available. And then people would do things, myself included, like adapting other lenses from other systems. But now they have a set of lenses that not only are optically really wonderful, but they also have autofocus mechanisms that perform at a very modern standard and can pick up the speed that the is required by the autofocus within the camera to be able to adjust the focus 60 times a second on a refresh rate. So that is where Sony is. Canon's approach to native mirrorless lenses was clearly centered around the quality of optics. And I don't think that that's a bad idea. However, when you do that, it impacts the price. And to find a middle ground in there, there were things that they gave up. So one was updated autofocus motors. So they're not as fast as what you're going to get out of Sony lenses. The other thing is you don't have optical image stabilization within the lenses. And there's all these factors that go into that. And a lot of it has to do with price. It has to do with the size of the lens. Uh, you know, is it practical? And is it something that you think people are going to want to shell out money for? And that's actually really important because you do need a quality lens lineup in your system, but at what cost? It's very difficult to do. Now, Nikon, on the other hand, have gone the completely opposite route. Nikon emphasized affordability over everything else. And I think having said that, they've got some decent lenses. And I would argue that those were the first three lenses they needed to make. However, they've been criticized very heavily for having f4, 1.8 apertures. They're just not as fast lenses, which you're going to see in the professional lineup. And some people have even said that maybe Nikon are protecting what's in their DSLR lens lineup or even DSLRs for that matter. I argue that those were the first three lenses that Nikon needed to make. The weird one is the next lens that's coming out, which is the 58 millimeter Noct, the f.95, which I think is an insane lens to start with is the fifth, I guess it's actually the fifth lens in this lineup because that's going to be a really expensive lens. There will be no autofocus. It'll be massive. It'll be heavy. It's a very specialized lens that I question in the modern age with cameras as good and low light as they are. Is that something that's still relevant as it was back in the days of photojournalism with film? Which brings us to Panasonic and this is where I think things get really interesting. Potentially you have three manufacturers here that are all going to be making lenses for this camera. Now Sigma's been really silent. They've issued no roadmap. They've said nothing about what they're going to have available for L-mount. Leica already have a nice set of lenses with excellent optics if you can afford them for L-mount. And Panasonic kind of came out of the gate with three lenses that vary pretty widely.
widely in price. So for instance, you have a 50 millimeter 1.4 prime that's going for $2,300. And then the zooms, there's one that comes as a kit lens that's an F4. And so they kind of did this middle ground thing. But what I think is interesting about this, because you have several companies that will contribute to the same mount, this solves the problem of trying to compete with Sony that has a bunch of lenses right at launch because it won't take but maybe a couple of years before there's some really good options from different manufacturers. Also, what's interesting is getting away with $2,300 for a 50 millimeter F1.4 lens. Well, Leica also has an L-mount 50 millimeter F1.4 lens. That lens is $4,000. So I guess relative to cost, you can say, well, it's half the price of the Leica. I don't know if that'll float or not, but that's where I'm going with this. And I think it's going to be really interesting when Sigma come alive and we start to see what they're going to be developing for L-mount as well. Beyond that, the other important issue, and this is something that remains to be seen, and we talked a lot about this on the podcast this morning when we recorded that, but it is autofocus. Autofocus is something that Sony have established a pretty high standard for. I think that Nikon has something that will mature. I think Canon definitely has something with their dual pixel autofocus technology. Panasonic, on the other hand, and they have been criticized for this, has taken a very traditional stance and they don't have phase detection autofocus points on their sensors and they are insistent that they can get it to where they want using contrast only with their DFD technology that's been around for a while. I will say this, I own the GH5. I love that camera. I use it extensively. I don't really use the autofocus on it because the early iterations weren't reliable and it's just, it's easier for me when I'm doing video to manual focus. For stills, I will use autofocus and I think it's adequate. Uh, it's not on par with what you're going to get for Sony so if you want to shoot sports or something, but now we have a full frame camera. So having said that, I will say that every firmware iteration has made the autofocus slightly better. Now we talked about this in the podcast and Jaren can explain it better than I can, but there is extra processing in these two cameras to deal with autofocus. And so this is something that you won't have as a firmware update to existing cameras because the hardware is the integral component of this. However, what it does is it has this whole machine learning technology in it to work and recognize various patterns, shapes, the human eye, animals, birds, whatever they decide they want it to be able to recognize and they will be able to update this via firmware. So if it works, I think that this will be just a complete game changer because they're going to be using their own technology to do it. They will not have gone with the bandwagon. It means technically superior image quality in certain lighting conditions that I... I think very few people actually shoot in those lighting conditions, but I guess you can boast that. But it will be interesting to see what happens. But as I mentioned earlier, I was hoping I would wake up this morning and my colleagues that have been over in Barcelona would have had opportunities to use this camera. We would be seeing this incredible image quality and we'd have something we'd be really excited about. And in terms of just the body design and what some of the features are in there, I'm still very excited. I'm still very optimistic, but I would really love to know what the image quality is like. And I'm, I know things happen and when you're in an intense production state, sometimes deadlines happen out of sync and perhaps the firmware just wasn't ready for this and so I'm a little disappointed in that so I hope in the next few weeks next month or so we will have a better look at these cameras so drop a comment below and I will see you guys in the next video until then later